Hey everybody, this is your host, LaVie. Welcome to Thrift Therapy, the podcast all about thrift life. Recycling, collecting, DIYing, all the ups and downs, ins and outs of thrifting. So glad you joined me for this thrift adventure. Hey everybody, welcome to Thrift Therapy. This is your host, LaVie. And that lovely lady is Jane Morgan. I'm going to review her record, The Last Time I Saw Paris. And I'm very excited to talk to you guys today because we're going to talk about collecting, being a collector. And the reason I chose this record, although this tune has nothing to do with collecting, my darling son, my 17-year-old son, brought this to me as a gift from San Francisco. He was there for the summer, and he knows that I collect records, and I'm a little bit of a Francophile. I'm obsessed with Paris. My dream is to go to Paris. Maybe someday, who knows, I'd like to live there. I don't know. But I love Paris. The idea of Paris, being in Paris, couture, art, wine, food, just what's not to love, right? Beautiful countryside. Always been of interest to me is take a trip to Paris. And I would say that I've listened to half of this record, and it all sounds pretty much the same. I'm going to have to give Jane Morgan two Nagels maybe half a fagel. I think what I like about it is the album cover art is really cool looking. I'm definitely going to post a picture of that so you can see it. It's got this really uh, watercolory brush stroke thing that reminds me of, you know, like the beatnik era, right? That kind of uh, pulp art that was going on on book covers and albums. This is what that is. And uh, it's in this, like, kind of neon fuchsia, and uh, it's got black brushstrokes in the background. So she looks pretty rad. Her eyelashes are on point, for sure. And then I'm also going to cut her a pass, give her a couple nagels, because um, I like waltzes, and they all sound kind of like waltzes, but there's not very much variation in the album. So I'd say... Unless you just really want to have a really cool album cover and maybe get some pointers on how your eyelashes should look with your eyes open, I'd say pass on this one at the record store. It's really um, maybe not very exciting, but I will say this. I think my son was super sweet for getting this for me. I like that he actually got me something I, I like, you know, like he knows me well enough to know that I collect things and, and that I collect records and I'm very interested in France. And I, I gotta say, that's better than some people who've known me my whole life do. Uh, I, I think there's just some people who pay attention to what you like and there's some people who just see gifts as kind of an obligation and maybe there's some other ways to approach it too, like maybe they've procrastinated or it's the last minute or they just don't really understand gift giving. But when somebody takes the time to know what you like, 
to research that and get you a gift that they think you will really enjoy, I don't know, for me, that's one of my love languages, so that really turns me on, makes me feel really loved, and uh, gives me just an overall bout of happiness that the gift itself doesn't provide. It's that relationship with the gift, the giver, and how much they know or don't know about me. That's what it really generates in me. If you know somebody whose love language is gifts, you may be tempted to write that off and think that they are maybe materialistic or shallow or your love language is better, but it's really not about the gift itself. Like I said, it's about the subtext of the gift and this feeling of, oh, this person really knows me. They really pay attention to who I am as a person. And that's what makes a, a person whose love language is gift get all lit up and excited. It's not the gift itself. So if he paid a dollar for this record, he got he got it right. If he paid $50 for this record, he I hope he didn't because um, I would have liked to liked the record itself better for that. But that's not the point, right? The point is, oh man, this kid, he pays attention to me and that gives me the warm and fuzzies. So hopefully that'll help you out if you have a, a gift giver, a person who's really thoughtful about giving you gifts. That usually means that their love language is gifts because we tend to speak our own language really naturally. And maybe it's a little bit harder to provide someone a feeling of love and uh, admiration and friendship if you are trying to speak their language and it's not the same as yours. It's a little bit harder for me to express my enjoyment of my friends and family if their love language is, oh, I don't know, let's say, for example, physical touch, because while I'm not touch adverse, I have pretty low touch needs, I'd say, like moderate to low. I, I don't really crave touch. I don't think about it very often. And in fact, sometimes I'm just sensitive to it because I get itchy skin. I don't know. It's, I'm not, it's just not my thing. So I have to go out of my way to be thoughtful about touch. And, you know, of course, I don't do well all the time. One time I tried to hug a colleague when I saw them at a hotel and they backed away from me like I had leprosy or the plague or something that was they were going to catch. And I was like, oh, snap. Yeah, they probably don't like touch and I'm glad I didn't take that personally because it was it was kind of a, it was kind of obvious they were not a fan of that so, but I was like oh you know and just moved on I didn't do anything with that but so if you don't know what I'm talking about there's this uh, little book called the five love languages Look, you don't have to buy the book because, you know, I'm thrifty, right? I'm going to tell you the cheap way to, to get on board. Go to www.the5lovelanguages.com. Take the little quiz. There's all kinds of little quizzes you can take. And uh, it's gonna you can print out your results. It's going to give you your top two love languages. And it's really helpful for making sure that um, you feel loved for yourself. You can tell people what your love languages are. And for helping you communicate to somebody else in their love language, you have to kind of shut yours down. So you need to know what it is to do that, right? So you're not just going, but I gave you all these gifts. How come you never call me? And their love language is maybe acts of service. And they're like, stop giving me gifts. You're that, you can't buy me. You know, <laughs> like, so they're a little, 
like, you don't ever come over. There's this quality time or something. And they're like, you don't ever come over. That means you don't love me or something like that. So um, the real quick, I'll just tell you what they are. It's a quality time, gifts, acts of service, physical touch, and words of affirmation. There's only five. So you're one of them. You might be two. It's not that hard. It's a really genius, simple little idea on how we show and express not not romantic feelings necessarily. That's part of it, but really just affection. And, and uh, we're generous with our love type emotions. So I didn't plan on talking about that, but I guess if you're a collector, it's kind of relevant because I think that Many collectors that I meet, their love language is gifts. There's some they have a special relationship with objects. That relationship with objects translates into collecting and organizing objects, and it's another way to revisit and get more and more enjoyment out of said objects. So before I get into some of my collecting habits, the things that I've once collected, what I collect now, I'm going to do a little bit of the business, right? I'm going to tell you guys updates on the thrifty bags. So I did release some thrift bags. I think there actually might be a couple left. But I have four people sign up. And I'm super, super excited because I got a few people to sign up after the last episode. And I thought maybe that was really helpful because they are plus size women and I'm very, very excited to start shopping for them. So I'm going to give a couple shout outs. Now I've decided I probably shouldn't say last names. Like I wasn't really thinking that through. So I'm just going to say first names. And um, so let me thank you, Natalie, for signing up for an accessories bag and giving me this beautiful, lovely, long list of all the things you collect. Now I'm a pretty big fan of some of the stuff that you mentioned. Other things are going to be a challenge, like baseball. I don't know what the fuck I'd be doing with baseball stuff. But hey, you might get something. So that'll be exciting. But I'm on the hunt for you. I'm looking forward to sending you a bag of goodies. Now, I have a couple other shout-outs to do there. I have Heather signed up at the $40 level and Sherry signed up at the $40 level. And there are many plus size gals. I'm super excited to shop for you guys. I know Kim, who I spoke with last week, she's just, I'm sure she's thrilled. I hope she's listening today and or this week and she hears that her story seemed to motivate some people to sign up. Because I really think that style should know no age limit, no pocketbook boundary, and no size boundary. Style is the thing that everybody should get to express and play with and have access to. So I'm just super, super thrilled. And and then I also have a Sonia signed up. And I couldn't remember if I mentioned her name last time or not. So... I don't want to hear myself again. I did have to pull that episode and edit the uh, interview again because it was suppressing my vocals. And, I, you know, it's quality, quality control. I try to listen to it after it's published to see if there's any weird things that happened in the uploading. And there certainly was this time. So I did pull the episode, fix that, whatever the fuck that was. It was some kind of suppression 
and um, elevated the sound and it took out that weird clicking sound. So if you had to sit through that, I apologize. But uh, I did, I did re-upload it, and uh, it seems to be much, much better. So I definitely don't want to listen to it a third time. So Sonia, if I said thanks last week, I'm just going to thank you again. You're amazing. You get special thanks. I appreciate all y'all, and I'm just really, really excited to be doing all this shopping for everybody. Let me tell you something. I have 14 clients that I models or whatever I don't know what to call you guys that I am shopping and styling right now it's pretty amazing I feel a little short of breath thinking about it because I mean it's intense like it's pretty exciting uh but it's also a little frightening so I'm uh kind of reeling as I said that out loud but you should know that most all the bags are already filled for this month. I've just got four more to do. Just the new people that signed up this past week. And I'll be sending them out to you. So even though my heart is in my chest right now, I'm on it, you guys. I'm already like two-thirds the way ready to ship ship out the goodies for this month. So we can all just relax. It's going to be good. But I'm a stylist, you guys. <laughs> That's like a thing now. Isn't that wild? I don't even know what to do with that. So I'm just going to move on. Well, sad news. No five-star reviews to read out loud. No big deal. Look, I love reading those. They're really fun. But it's not necessary, right? But if you could rate and subscribe and review with the stars, that'd be really helpful. I think I'm setting at 27 five stars and I really need to bump that up. So if you could just take a second, go over to iTunes, you can just browse, search it, you know, it's like um, thrift therapy on iTunes and just click those stars. That would be everything. And I'll just start giving you guys numbers updates when I don't have a review to read. I don't mind that. Y'all should know what's going on, right? I mean, you can look yourselves, but why would you? So I'll just tell you, let's get that number up. I'd like to have 50 by next week when I put this episode out. Let's make it happen, you guys. Let's mobilize. Thrifters unite, all right? Oh, what's that? Is that a, it's a Smith song, right? It's uh, shoplifters of the world. Right, we'll just change the words. It'll be shop thrifters of the world. That, right? Like that? Ugh, I don't sing. No. I mean, I'm sorry I did that to y'all. I don't know what's happening. It's because I have a mic. Like, isn't that what you do when you have a mic? You make jokes or you sing. Anywho, let's see. What else do I have for y'all today? Oh, I had an idea because I was putting all the thrift bags together this weekend and I realized I have quite a collection of evening wear going on. So my thought is, and I've been seeing some really cool evening wear, but it's a little bit more expensive than your average thrift, right? And I can't stuff a lot of stuff in the bag when I'm shipping evening wear. Well, because, you know, that shit's more fragile, right? And you don't want it the boning to get crushed or the sequins to be broken or snagged. So I had kind of a thought of doing a special occasion bag. I'd love some feedback on that. 
you guys want to talk to me about that, join the Facebook group. I'm going to put up a thread that says, should I offer to do an evening thrift bag? So basically what that would be was something like you have a special occasion coming up. You want to look fierce. You don't want to just throw on a black dress and, you know, a pair of shoes and call it a day. You want to look fierce. You want to walk in the door and be like, hey, bitches, I'm here. You know, that Rihanna meme where you're putting on the crown. Like, you want that. I think I'm your girl. Now, you may get a black dress, but it's going to be the kind of black dress that turns some heads when you walk in. Right? So, my thought is, if that's a cool idea, I just took all my evening wear and put it in a box, a separate box, and I got a little collection going. So, either I can put a style bag together for somebody who needs a special occasion thrift bag for like 50 bucks. You get a dress, you get some accessories, you know, you get decked out, right? You may not get shoes because let's be honest, you probably got to try those shoes on. I mean, unless it's just some random crazy luck, you might get a pair of shoes. But I was thinking dress and accessories and a little styling card, right? Like, wear this kind of makeup or whatever. Um, So that could be cool. Alternately, I could open up a little Etsy shop. I I suspended my Etsy account because I don't don't know. They charge me a lot of fees and I was selling a lot more on Depop and eBay. But maybe I could set up a special shop for the evening wear. But I think if I have your measurements, the thrift bags work a special way rather than you just go online and start scrolling through everything. Like, I take what you send me in a questionnaire. Here's my measurements. Here, If you want to send measurements, here's my size. Here's my style. Here are the things I'm interested in. And I get a sort of picture of how amazing you could look if you wore this and you did that because I have that stylist creative mind. So I'm thinking a thrift bag for evening would be the way to go. And if anybody wants to, like, do a trial run with me, and say, hey, I'll be your guinea pig. I'm going to this party. Find me something. I think the difference between a subscription thrift bag and this evening thrift bag would first of all be a one-time payment. And second of all, I'd probably need a little time window to prep for your event because it takes a little bit longer to find all those pieces. So my thought is, We should brainstorm this idea and put it together so that I can get you guys looking super fly for all your special events coming up over the holidays. If you're interested in this stuff, hop on over into the Facebook group. That's Thrift Therapy Podcast on Facebook. Like the page, but join the group. And then we'll discuss it and we're going to figure out how to do this and we're going to make it happen and everybody's going to look amazing. So that was my big idea for this week. I don't know. Um, I don't think I have anything else to announce. The only other thing I want to remind you of is that I'm going to be at the Podocalypse Little Mini Con in Austin on the, I think it's the 25th, at 7 o'clock at Rio Rita. 
There's going to be some comedy podcasts there. There's going to be some drinking podcasts there. There's going to be some more true crime podcasts. As far as I know, I'm the only style podcast. And I think just in general, we're going to have a really good time because we're going to be a bunch of laid back folks, probably with the margarita in our hand. You should come on down and check it out. It's a free event. As far as I know, there's no, there's not even like a cover charge or anything. I haven't heard anything about that. You can go on to the Facebook page for True Crime, all True Crime Fan Club. Sorry, I have like 50 True Crime podcasts in my iTunes feed. And uh, you can follow the event. I've also posted a link to the event in the Thrift Therapy group if that's not your scene, the true crime scene. And uh, you can get all the details there. I will be posting another promo onto my Instagram page tomorrow so you can get the details there. I want you to come. I want to see I want to see fans. I want to meet thrifters. I'm even thinking I'm going to drive up early and do a little thrifting myself. So if anybody wants to go thrifting before the podocalypse, you should probably reach out to me in the Facebook group and let's see if we can have a little pregame thriftathon. That would be fun, right? Um, Austin has really good thrifting. I will say this, it's a little bit pricier than San Antonio, so I might be a little annoyed with that occasionally, but I'll get over it. So, Podocalypse, you have to go put it on your calendar. I'm bringing gifts. I have a big bag of gifts for people that you're going to get for free. Little tchotchkes that are super cute that I've been collecting for the past couple months. And I'm going to be giving shit away. And I promise you want one. They're funny or they're weird or they're interesting. And every one of them was 99 cents. Or they're adorable. So, come get one. All right. That's it, you guys. I need to breathe. Like, I'm still a little anxious from the thrift, how, realizing how many people I'm styling. I was like, holy shit. But, ah, breathe in, breathe out. Okay. Ready to talk about collecting. So let me just start with something that I used to collect a, a long time ago because I used to be a smoker. Now, I started smoking when I was a teenager and, uh, yeah, my parents found out, yep, they did that smoke-a-whole-pack thing and see-if-you-throw-up thing. Uh, didn't work. Still smoked. And I smoked until I think I was 27 when I quit. Uh, and it really stuck. I just was like, okay, I'm done smoking. This is gross. And I just stopped. Like, that was it. I was done. And the problem was that... During the, how long did I smoke? I guess, what, um, let's see, I started when I was a teenage, so I guess I smoked for about 11 years. During that time, I had amassed quite a collection of smoking paraphernalia. I had over 50 ashtrays, all vintage, all very cool. I, I remember this one I had, that, and people would buy them for me, like, people knew this was my thing. I had this one, it was like a triple-tiered, what's now called Millennial Pink, ashtray on a brass stand. And it so it was like a, a standing ashtray. It had its own little stand and kind of like a cake plate. It had three little tiers of ashtrays. Like this was the kind of ashtray you wanted at a party. 
And boy, did I ever have it at lots of parties. It, it was really quite the most badass object. It was very cool. Uh, but I had a ton of really rad ashtrays. So when I quit smoking, I, I'll tell you, it was harder to stop collecting smoker smoking paraphernalia than it was to quit smoking. And I was not smoking, like, I don't know, Virginia Slims. I was smoking fucking camels. So, I mean, I'm saying, like, I'm a collector, and I had a harder time disbanding my ashtray collection than just not smoking again. I had cigarette holders, you know, those kind from, like, the 20s that are really long and skinny, and I loved that shit. Like, I felt like the dragon ladyest, badass bitch of all time when I had my drink on and my cigarette holder and my fancy fucking ashtrays. Yeah, I was, I was living, living large, you know, didn't have two pennies to rub together, but I had that shit. Now, let me tell you what else. I also, I've always been a big film, uh, maybe like buff or whatever. I don't know what you call it. I don't collect them, but I'm very into film and kind of like people are into poetry. I'm into film. And uh, there's this film called Mystery Train. It's an old film. If you haven't seen it, you should check it out. It's really rad. It's not super old, but you know, it's like early 90s, Steve Buscemi. Anyway, set in, I think it's set in, I want to say Memphis, Tennessee. I think it's set in Memphis. And um, the, the thing that I wanted to tell you, I don't want to tell you about the movie. I'm just going to tell you about this one thing. Is there's a really cool kid. He's like uh, this, I think he's uh, like from Japan. And they're there to go to, oh yeah, I think they're going to Graceland. I think that's what the deal is. Anyway, he's super cool. He has this lighter trick he does with a Zippo where he flicks the lighter open by pressing his fingers and his thumb together. And then he snaps over the, um, to, to spark it on the flint to get the flame. And then he lights a cigarette and then he whacks the thing closed by moving the lighter and then he throws it up and he catches it in his shirt pocket. Let me tell you, I figured out how to do that shit and I did that shit all the time so I could impress everybody. So I'd do my little Zippo tricks, I'd get my cigarette holder, I'd have my fancy army of ashtrays. Like I, it was, I had like this whole culture of collecting around this one habit. So that's what I mean when I say, you know, collecting. It's not like you just like it. You hunt it down, you gather it, you amass it, and you sort of fawn over it in some way, right? Like you have this emotional relationship with these objects. So, but I'm kind of a casual collector, meaning I don't become overly fixated on a certain object like oh there's this you know original Bakelite cigarette holder from 1919 it's got the first Servoski crystals in it I have to have it I don't care how much it costs like I'm not like that so I'm not an aficionado I'm not a, a collector with a, a need to spend a lot of money on their fetishes, I guess, is another way to think of a collector. Uh, so I, I, I just call myself a casual collector, meaning I have an interest in these things. They make me really happy. When I find them, I feel joy and I get them and I add them to my collection. I put them together. I keep them in some way and I fawn over them. 
and I've had many collections throughout my life. I think my ashtray collection was my most notable collection because I got more of that than anything else except for records. I collect vinyl, and um, that has been rather large at several different times in my life. Unfortunately, I've had to start over a couple times due to things like moving, uh, breaking up with people, not being able to sort out what belongs to who. Comic books was the same way. I used to collect comic books. Uh, I don't collect those anymore. Now, a thing I've always collected, that no matter where I live, what's going on in my life, and as, as far back as I can remember, having money to collect things, like, you know, having a job where I could be a collector, I've collected shoes. I have a very serious relationship with shoes. We are committed. We are monogamous. We are uh, just completely obsessed with each other. And in fact, there was a film that I like that I Pulp Fiction, I think is, yeah, it's Pulp Fiction. Um, Eric, I think it's Eric Stoltz, the redhead, right? He's the drug dealer. And uh, his girlfriend, played by Patricia Arquette, if you, this is just such a small, small moment in the movie, but it's the, my favorite part, is um, they're at his house, and uh, John Travolta's character is buying some heroin, and they go into the bedroom, and he pulls out some kind of suitcase thingy. But if you look on the wall of that room, there are these little shelf pedestals that you can find at thrift stores occasionally, and they're little wall shelves that are kind of ornate, tiny, you know, like 12 inches wide. And they have rad 70s vintage platform shoes on them. And and there's like three or four of them. It's like a little vignette on the wall. That moment in the movie is my favorite part of the movie because that's the kind of relationship I have with shoes. I want my shoes on shelves. I want them all looking really pretty. I want to walk into my closet and look at my shoes and ooh and ah over them. I want to take them down and touch them. I want to show them to people if they come over like, oh, have you seen my shoe collection? I want to wear a different pair of shoes every day. I want, I will hunt down. This is the only thing I will hunt down with any kind of vigor and propensity to spend more money than I should, shoes. I will have a list of, right now, I'm collecting a couple things. I'm collecting Prada shoes from the Fairy Collection in the early 2000s. Everything I can get my hands on, I'm collecting that. And I am also collecting Lawrence Ducat from two seasons ago, all the buckle shoes. I, they, he made all these boots and sandals that just have rows of buckles on them. I've got four pair right now, and these are not cheap shoes, and I want all of them. So I'm on the hunt. And uh, another shoe that I collect right now are Gucci from the 2016 collection. Anything I can get my hands on, I'm completely obsessed. And um, I guess it's kind of like, no, nobody can really understand my shoe collection the way that Carrie Bradshaw could in Sex and the City. 
I remember she was walking down the street one day and she saw a pair of shoes and she just stopped in mid-conversation and she turned to the window and was like, face on window, hello, lover. And I was like, yup, that's it. That's a person who collects shoes. Mm -hmm. And I think she also said, I like my money where I can see it in my closet. And I was like, yup, that's it. So a lot of my collecting is around that kind of experience, like, what is this thing that I want? How can I get it for the cheapest possible price? And I'm not happy just to find it. I need to get a deal for it. So I'm even thrifty with my collecting. I won't just go into a store and buy the Gucci shoes. That, no, mm -mm. that's not collecting. That's just shoe shopping. It's where you have to wait till they're out of season. Then you have to scour the earth for them used. And you have to work the best possible deal. And you have to stay up all night sniping auctions. And yeah. And like sending private messages to try to talk the seller down. Like you, it's work. It's work. Collecting is work. So I wonder what some of your collections are. I Now I do collect things that aren't related to my body. You see, I do have a trend there. I currently collect some household objects. One of the things that I collect right now is old boxes, like um, curious, what are they called? Curiosity boxes. I like those. So I'm going to post a picture of my collection of curiosity boxes. And it's really funny because I, I, I really do have a lot of them and they're all over my house. I do have one tray that has tons of boxes on it. I mean, it's got maybe like 15 boxes on it, but the rest of them I have just everywhere. And I got to tell you, every one of them has stuff in it. Like, that's what's weird. Like, I will find, I'm like, oh, I'll just put this in here. And then, of course, I'm never going to find that thing again until I'm just like, I wonder what's in this box. And then I open it and I'm like, oh, I was looking for that everywhere. <laughs> That's, I don't know. I don't know why I'm like that, but I am. So what are you going to do? Nothing. So that's my current household collection. I was collecting vintage glassware with gold and uh, silver foil stencils on them. I have such a big collection of those now. I think I'm done. Like, I don't want to buy anymore. So it would have to be extremely special for me to bring home any more glasses that are foiled or etched with some kind of metallic. Um, usually it's the 60s that I tend to buy uh, because I like those those designs the best and um if it was really special i would consider it but i just, it's just i'm out of cabinet space and i have pretty big kitchen and lots of cabinet space i mean it's kind of silly so I, I i feel like i'm gonna just not buy that stuff right now and i'd rather buy little boxes and then at some point i'm gonna be the same with boxes i'm gonna be like okay you have enough boxes so I'm a pretty disciplined collector. I will not let my collection control me to the point where if I run out of space, I have to move or something because I do not like to feel that way. I do not like to feel like my things are controlling me. And I think the only thing that gets close to that 
is probably my Shea collection. It's it's the hardest for me to manage emotionally. It's harder for me to get rid of shoes than pretty much anything else. So I have a system that kind of works, which is if my shelves are full and my shoes are starting to fall on the floor, it's time to let some babies go. Right now I'm in that situation, so y'all can expect to see some of my shoes posted online for resale because I just, it's a little out of control. I've got to get in there and parse, you guys, but I've been so busy that I feel like this time I do have a legit excuse that's not just wanting to hoard my shoes. Um, I just, I'm really like, don't have a day off right now, so... I will get to that when I take a break on the podcast, which I think I'm going to take a vacation on the podcast um, either in September or November. So be stay tuned for that. I will let you know, of course. Well, I don't want to go on and on about my many collections. I just wanted to hit some highlights for you and talk a little bit about what it's like to stop collecting something, which... Like with the smoking paraphernalia, it was really pretty difficult to let go of the items I had collected. I ended up just having a giant yard sale and enjoyed seeing the things find new homes. That was a very, uh, I guess it was a pleasurable experience in and of itself. And I wanted to not smoke, so that was my goal of letting go. I knew I couldn't keep the things and stay a non-smoker. So at the end of the day, it seemed like the right choice. And once I let go of them, I haven't really spent much time thinking about not having the collection. The only time it ever bothers me, I suppose, is when I see a really rad ashtray out in the wild and I want it thrifted just for a second because a little part of me still thinks it's collecting that thing. It didn't get the memo. We don't do that anymore. But a little redirection works just fine and I have so many other things that I like to collect. I also collect right now crystals and I'm particularly fond of uh, raw amethyst formations. So I have plenty of things to collect. It's just that was a habit for so long, you know. I'm really interested in hearing about the things you collect. So if you could hop over on Facebook and maybe post pictures of some of your collectibles. If you have anything really rare, that's cool, but it doesn't have to be like that for me to be interested in it. I'm just interested in how you collect, what you collect, and how you organize the things you collect, because for me, that's part of the fun is finding places for everything that I collect and finding like its best little home. I do want to say that if you are the kind of person who needs a collection to have a all of the pieces of it, I read online that that's called being a completion, a completist. And I was like, oh, okay, there's a word for that. I don't think I'm that person, but I think if I had unlimited resources, I could be that person. Meaning if I had infinite space, infinite time, and infinite money, I could be that person. I just, the I'm a little too practical to ignore all the practical things for my collection, but I like to balance both. I like to balance the pursuit and the hobby of collecting with the practical requirements of my reality. So 
I think that pretty much wraps up my ideas about collecting and my experiences. I think I'll move into the interview and get that set up for us. Like I said in the beginning, we're going to be talking to July about her collection. She she has quite a few collections, and I saw her online. I, I saw some of her collections in a thrift group we're in, and I was like, I have to have her on the show. First of all, I want to introduce her by spelling her name because I'm, although it sounds like I'm saying the month of July, her name is spelled J-U-L-A-I. So not only is she pretty rad looking, she has cool style. She has a really cool name. And get this, her, the, the last name that I have is Whipple, W-H-I-P-P-L-E, July Whipple. I mean, that's an amazing name. And she was really fun to talk to, so I think you guys are really going to enjoy the interview. She's a freelance copywriter in Houston, Texas, and she finds a lot of polyester. That's what she wanted you to know. I've been there. I agree. It is like the land of polyester, which does make sense because stupid fucking hot and humid there, as July noted. She also collects old toys, trashy paperbacks, and never met a ship and shore wrap skirt she didn't like. You can find her line of thrift store paperback-inspired t-shirts, which are really cool, so you have to check them out, at Checked Out Style, so that's C-H-E-C-K-E-D-O-U-T-S-T-Y-L-E, so checkedoutstyle.etsy.com, and you can follow her on Instagram at Bathing Machine and at Checked Out Style. So hop on over to her pages, see what she does. Her t-shirts are really rad. And I think you'll definitely enjoy hearing all about her collection of vintage toys. Hello, July. Are you there? Hi, I'm here. Oh, good. Yay. So why don't you just give us a brief introduction? I did introduce you basically, but why don't you just tell everybody what you're all about? Like, what's your life philosophy? Well, I have been living in Houston for about 14 years. I'm originally from Southern Illinois. So I kind of came from one really excellent thrifting ground to another really excellent thrifting ground. And um, I've been a thrifter since I was 14 years old and got my first paycheck from my paper route. And I've really never looked back. Uh, I would say about 75% of my wardrobe is vintage and thrifted stuff. And almost all of my housewares are. That's awesome. I, I don't know how old you are, but how long do you think you've been thrifting? I am going to be 38 years old next week, so that is 24 years of thrifting. I keep thinking that I'm going to grow out of it and that, you know, I'm suddenly going to wake up and want to wear grown-up clothes, but it has not happened yet. And gross. Don't do it. (laughs) Don't bother. I'm with you. I I tried to wear grown-up clothes for a short period of time, actually twice, and both times were epic fails. So I will save you that failure and tell you just to skip it. Yeah, I just I just want to die whenever I try to put together like a pencil skirt and no like earrings that aren't shaped like, you know, spaceships. Uh, it, it, that's just not who I am. <laughs> I, I'm a freelancer, so I work with lots of different kinds of people and, you know, agencies, different clients, and 
I had someone ask me a few months ago, do you have any blouses that don't have things that are alive on them? Because I wear a lot of crazy prints and animals. And I mean, take Miss Frizzle and Claudia from the Babysitter's Club and kind of mash them together. And that's where I am. So That's great. No, I really don't have any blouses that don't look alive. And why does anyone ever need to know that? That's a dumb question. <sighs> I don't know. I guess conversation starter bad conversation starter right here's the badass reply that you didn't have let's just do it now do you have any questions that make don't make me want to hit you right do you have any blouses that make you look like you have an imagination (laughs) right okay so we fixed that we went back in history and we made that a better conversation. I'm sure the outcome was better. Goodbye. Yeah. That was that okay, was weighing good. on me. Thank you. I know. Well, I am a therapist. So, <laughs> you know, I'm doing my job, doing my job. So how did you get into thrifting? Like you were 14. I'm pretty sure I've had this conversation with some other people that high school is like <gasps> so much pressure on like, where are you getting your clothes? Why do you look like that? We don't like you. Get your shit together. So how did you get into thrifting at 14? Well, I mean, I don't want to be a downer, but I did grow up kind of poor. And it was the kind of thing where uh, my sister and I were very close in age. So we would get a certain amount of money that we had to share between us to get our back to school clothes. And we would um we would go to 579 in the mall remember that place that hellscape fuck yeah yeah i remember that place uh-huh i hated that place i hated it cuz they had only odd numbers i didn't like that freaked me that out that and everything was made of that kind of polyester that you could like if you wore deodorant with it which you had to it would never wash out you would always have oblong stains in your armpits so it was a catch-22 don't wear deodorant and don't get stains or stink forever um that stuff was rayon it was not polyester it was rayon i know exactly you're you're right with the zigzag stitching so everything would stretch out of shape and never go back Fuck that shit. Yeah, so that would be stop number one on the back to school train. And then um, from there, we would look in the alloy catalog together and, like, narrow it down, narrow it down, fight over what we were going to get. And we would end up with, like, one pair of corduroy bell bottoms and, uh, you know, a dress for some event that we would go to in our mind. But neither of us ever got asked to a dance or anything. So just sit in the closet as a reminder of what failures we were. So um, when I was 14, I had this paper route and my aunt took me to the Salvation Army in our hometown. And I remember walking in and smelling the smell of savings roll toward me and thinking, oh my gosh, I can afford anything in this store. I can get like five things. And that was, that was like, that day is etched in my memory because the store was not heated. It was winter in Southern Illinois. I had to keep my coat on the whole time. And I remember being overwhelmed by all of the things that I could afford. And the thing that I bought that day was a 1970s mustard yellow men's roughly tuxedo shirt. I paid $2.17 for it. 
And I loved that thing so much. That's awesome. Yes, it was beautiful. Um, I two things. Go ahead. Number one, I think I'm going to make a T-shirt that says, "That's the smell of savings." <laughs> and on the back, it's going to say "Thrift Therapy." Hell yeah! Everyone knows that smell. If you thrift, you know the smell. It's mothballs. It's old people. It's and like- sweat. It's the smell of arousing, of being aroused for me, honestly. Like, <laughs> it's the hunt. It's what it's, yeah. it's what I think that T Rexes smell in the Jurassic Park movies when they like stick their noses up in the air and they get real like it's like the smell of blood for me. Oh, and I think I'll also put on the T shirt like a a sketch of a T Rex wearing like a really cool Hawaiian shirt with like a bag and you know like they're clearly going thrifting. Yeah. Paleozoic thrifting. Maybe they'll also have a shopping cart that says thrift store on the front of it. Oh, they always say Kroger at mine. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. They don't even have their own carts. Well, all right then. They round them up from the neighborhood and appropriate them. <laughs> it's like bring your own bring, cart day. Yeah, bring your own <laughs> bring cart. Your own. That's perfect. <laughs> so I got real, like when I realized that I wasn't limited to just those three things that we purchased at the beginning of the school year um I started saving my pennies and like realizing there were other thrift stores in the area that I could go to and I quickly discovered vintage dresses like 60s polyester dresses handmade home ec projects that didn't go quite right for the person who was making them yes um all kinds of like 70s t-shirts so many things that you just don't find as much of anymore and yeah. i started to keep this what i realize now is very obsessive and insane booklet my freshman year of high school i wrote down what i wore every single day so i would never repeat an outfit that's basically instagram you invented instagram i did but people just had to remember that's amazing. Yeah, that's the only reason I use Instagram, really, is so I can now have, like, a visual catalog of every outfit I've ever worn. Because I feel like I'm cheating if I wear the same thing twice. Like, no one's really going to notice, but I feel like I'm somehow letting the world down. Well, I definitely don't feel as happy. Yeah, I feel like I'm not um, expressing maybe a talent or a skill that I have if I just sort of throw on something I've worn before. Yeah, and I feel like that's the kind of day I'm going to have, too. Like, oh, you're just going to repurpose that outfit? Well, I'm just going to repurpose your look, you know? Like, yeah. I feel like my day isn't just going to go as well. I've already been this person. Who else can I be today? Exactly, exactly. Some stupid bitch my mom worked with when I was, like, 16 years old, she said something to me that really stuck. And at the time, it was really insulting. But now, fuck her. Because it now it makes me feel really good. She said, well, you're just like a tiny little, pretty little house with a lot of people living inside. And kind of gave me a sarcastic look and walked away. What a weird thing to say. I know. And I was like 16. Anyway, I was mad at her for a long time. That's like- and then I was like, you know what? She's kind of right. Fuck her. You're like a shack in the middle of the woods falling down. How about that? It's a really bitchy way to tell someone that you think they contain multitudes. 
or that I'm mentally ill, right? <laughs> like that was my takeaway message. Is she thinks I'm mentally ill? And I was like, well, right. you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm still bitter. Where's your whatever. drip dry dress and sands about slacks, Gloria? <laughs> You're the program. Yeah, I'm pretty sure her name was Gloria. So that's all. actually no, I'm not. I don't even remember her. I just remember that she said that. Gloria like, recommends fabrics like. you can cry into easily. <laughs> and that absorb all your cigarettes. Oh, that too. Yeah. Oh, that's the other part of the smell at thrift stores. Cigarettes, right? Yes. Yeah. Cigarettes. In there. I mean, you know someone knows their shit when you look over and they're sniffing an outfit. Oh, yeah. you got to do the sniff test. It's got to happen. And you're not scared of it, right? You're like, oh, I'm, yes, I'm going to do yeah, that. Yeah, I'm going to get I'm my face in that. there. I am going <laughs> to. They've been doing that a while. What are your yeah. What are your secrets for getting getting smells out of garments? Oh, you know what? That's a great question. I actually, um, I do have some tricks. One is the first thing, like fur coats are the worst. It's like fifty dollars to get one dry. Mm -hmm. And if you pay ten dollars for a coat, I mean, really, are you going to pay fifty dollars to clean it? The answer at my house mm -mm. is no. It's just no. So the first thing I'll do is I'll for now that there's Febreze, it used to be Lysol, but now there's Febreze. I'll get the unscented Febreze. I'll Febreze the fuck out of it. And then I'll just hang it outside for a few mm -hmm. days and just leave it out there. And then it'll smell kind of like the outdoors, which is better. So it's a step in the right direction. And then what I do is I'll put like a garment bag or I'll put like a, um, one of those bags from the cleaners because, or a trash bag. Look, let's be honest. I probably about 60% of the time. Yeah. You were like bag. garment bag. And I was like, no, yeah, trash right. bag, no, no, trash bag. Right. It's probably a trash bag. And then just put that in there and then line it with dryer sheets and just leave it in there. Cause I live in Texas. So I'm probably going to only wear that coat like once. Cause I have like 25 coats. I have enough for every cold day of the year in San Antonio. So the whole rest of the time, it's just getting some good smells. And then it usually smells good. But another trick I have is if it's not fur or anything that'll disintegrate in the dryer is to put it on the delicate cycle in the dryer with no heat and put dryer sheets mm. in there. And that, that can really help. What are your tips? Those are good ones. I would... I would add to those if something is really super mothball smelling, because that is like sometimes the dry cleaners can't get that out. I've done two things. One is a mixture of half cheap vodka and half water. Oh, I saw that on Pinterest. Oh, well, I, I heard it from Mad Men. So there. Does it work? Yeah, it does work. And then you hang it in the sun and let it dry. And then the other thing, the nuclear option, is to get one of those um, odor eater buckets. Oh yeah, and put it. A, a friend of mine and put it in a, a garment bag or a thrift therapy branded uh, garbage garment bag. bag, and just leave <laughs> it in there for a week or so and see what happens. Some kind of stink alchemy might go on and rescue your garment might not worth a try um i was to be honest i wasn't going to try the vodka one because i just don't want to treat my vodka like that <laughs> but now that i know it works 
Yeah, I bought some, I bought the cheapest vodka there was to do that. And I told the lady in the liquor store, I'm not going to drink this. It's for clothes. And she just looked at me like, you fucking asshole. Do you think I care? Yeah, she's like, why no? <laughs> I know you're going to drink that. <laughs> buy shit. I'll be behind the dumpster. Hold my calls. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, collecting. Yeah. Now, how the reason I like reached out to you is because I saw you online. First of all, you guys have to go look look at July's stuff. I mean, and we're going to tell you all about it at at the end. She's going to tell you all the places, but she's really cute and she has good style. But she also collects things, so you have to tell us about collecting. What do you think? Yes. What do you think makes a collector? Like, what's the thing that a collector has that non-collectors don't have? Well, I'm going to go super sad again and say, I think that when you look at collectors' lives, you will find a point in their life when they deeply did not have what they wanted, whether that was, you know, enough clothes to wear or their parents' affection or, um, you know... (sighs) Anything like that. I think you'll, I think that all collectors share a time of loss. And I mean, there's a fine line between collector and hoarder. Like, if you're saving old pizza boxes because, you know, your dad died when you were five, please get help. But if you're, you know, sort of like me and just teetering on the borderline, I mean, the things that I collect are very telling. I collect toys from the 60s and the 70s and the 80s. Like, I didn't have a lot of stuff growing up. Um, And these are also things that I never would have been bought. Like, the girliest of girl toys. That that probably was not going to end up under my Christmas tree. Um, Did you have, by chance, just because this was my favorite toy and I have yet to mention it on the podcast... Did you, by chance, have a toy thing called Fashion Plates? With Fashion Plates, fashion, you can be a designer. A Fashion Plates, fashion designer. No, I did not have that, but I wanted it so bad. Hands down, best toy of my childhood. I really need one. You I don't have one can now. get one. And there was a Barbie version of that, too, I believe. I didn't, I did have Barbies. I was like, I really loved my Barbies because sometimes they were the only friends I had. You might be onto something with that childhood trauma mm-hmm. shit. But, um, but I, I didn't really like the Barbie brand. I wanted them to be cooler. So I gave them all mohawks and tattoos with magic markers. And I would rearrange all the clothes and like change them, you know? So I had, what did I have? I didn't have Barbies. I had Betty's or something. Yeah, I was really into Jim, and she would not fit in any of Barbie's clothes because she was an Amazon. <laughs> I, like I like that, that. about I her did too. Not even know. Yeah, I don't know anything about Jim. She ran an orphanage and was also a rock star. I'm sure many of your listeners are aware of Jim. She was. She had pink hair and hologram earrings. That there was a switch in her back that you flipped. And her earrings would blink. I still have mine. Her earrings still work right now. That's amazing. so old. I love it. But. So do you collect. Okay. Tell me about some of the toys that you collect. Do you, like 
is it random things? Are you organized collector? I would say I'm very categorical collector. I collect a lot of what I call girl toys. Um, one of the brands I really look for in particular is Ponytail. Ponytail started, I think, in the 50s and ran through the early 70s. It's things like... Um, makeup kits and overnight cases and um beauty tools and things to haul your records in just like all the trappings that you need to have a you know really delightful late 1950s girlhood um which i wasn't born in time for and probably wouldn't have had that anyway but they're basically like cute packaging to take all your stuff to another location in, which really appeals to me. Um, I collect those. That sounds cute. It's adorable. I... And then. What about. Um, it, let me just ask you a couple questions about sure. that collection. Like, do you know if there's a point in which you would be done is there like a time when you go, I think I have all these, like, or you just go, this is a nice size collection. Like, how does that work? I don't think I'm ever done. I don't think I'm ever. So you're just going to keep getting it. Yeah. Because it's not something that I'm, I'm not someone who sets, who sets, um, who sets like Google alerts for these things. It's just, if I, if I find them in the real world in an antique mall, fine. Or if I run into someone Etsy really late at night, or if I find one in the back of a thrift store shelf, cool. But I'm not like budgeting hundreds of dollars a month for this stuff. I'm not like there, there's no crown jewel. There's no empty space in my display shelf. That's just waiting for the, you know, misprint ponytail pencil case from 1967 it doesn't really work like that for me um so you aren't obsessive about it but no it's more like a surprise and a joy when i find another thing it's it's less about oh my god i have to have all one million pieces ever made because sometimes i see ponytail stuff and i'm like eh. I don't really care. I don't really? really care about another pencil case in a different color. I don't really care about, you know, I don't need another record carrier. I don't have to have it all. Uh, okay. Okay. I see. Well, I did a little research on collecting because that's how I Is am. this an intervention? Um, no, I promise. <laughs> Uh, it's not. It's more like I'm just going to give you a word that you may not know that you're going to now want to use all the time. So apparently if you collect things that were once really common, like maybe ponytail or I don't know what VHS tapes, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> things that were ubiquitous, they were everywhere. And now they're not. They're kind of rare and people want them. It's called ephemera. Did you yeah, know that? ephemera. Cool. I did not know that. So that I learned something new just to talk to you about collecting. You're welcome. Yeah, because, because <laughs> it is, it's, it's ephemeral. It uh, encapsulates a time and a place that no longer exists. And I think that's what I like about, about Ponytail, the aura of this happy girlhood. God, we're getting really psychological here. I did not plan to be this much of a bummer, but just, we can just edit it out. We just edit it out or keep it in. Well, listen, you know, it is called thrift therapy. And I really don't think that things that aren't happy are necessarily bummers. I think happiness is overrated. 
I don't think people would shop if they were super happy, to be honest. I mean, what else would you need? Yeah. Right. If you were happy all the time, I mean, why would we do anything? Like, honestly, why would we work? No, <laughs> we would do exactly what depressed <laughs> people do. Happy. We would just stay in bed. <laughs> so. Right. Just we'd be like, no, <laughs> we would, it would come full circle. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I, childhood stuff, though, I think is like where a lot of our you know, it's a big thing in therapy, but I don't, I'm not very psychoanalytical in terms of you need to know the things about your childhood so you can be a better version of yourself now. I don't know if that's necessarily true, but I do think that a lot of our origin stories are just still with us, you know, like why would they not be, where would they go? Yeah, hopefully into the ether at some point. But I agree with you. Well, when you're dead, yeah, you'll take them with you. I'll stop shopping when I'm dead. <laughs> That's right. Maybe, um, maybe not, but I'm pretty sure. I, I do will. agree with you, though, that if you're constantly, you know, if you constantly have to think about your motives for like, why do I have to go through it? Why do I have to do these things? And why do I enjoy this? That's a that's a great way to suck all the fun out of everything. Um yeah. I don't know. All the things I like are colorful, cheerful, girly stuff from a time when I wasn't even alive yet. Did you see did you see my little kittle collection? I think that's the one that made me message you. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. Describe. So their uh little kittles were these dolls that came inside of uh lockets and perfume bottles and soda like tiny soda bottles and they all have cutesy names some of them were scented but the ones that i'm obsessed with were called jewelry kittles so they come in these uh tiny faceted lockets made of plastic and there are brooches and there are uh there's a necklace there are charm bracelets and each one has a teeny tiny doll with like brightly colored hair and super mod makeup on inside of it and I love them they are so weird uh I can't imagine that they were very appealing to children because they're they're kind of clownish and off-putting taken as a whole but they are perfect for me and I love them and I regularly work them into my outfits what does the makeup smell like um they they kind of had these they don't actually have makeup. They just come in, um, they come in perfume bottles. So they had, fr they had that uh, like strawberry shortcake, fake fruity scent, you know? Oh, lip gloss. Like, uh, right. Like what was that fucking lip gloss? Oh my God. I had this. Yeah. I don't even. Are I you thinking can't. of lip smackers? They smell a little bit like yes! lip smackers. Yes. Lip smackers. That was, oh God, I really want one of those right now. Like I want to have one in my hand right now. That And that rolly glidey thing and you just keep rolling it and rolling it. It's that oral fixation. Oh, right? that like, stuff. Really Lip slickers. Yes. Oh my God. I loved that shit. Um, it tasted good too. That and Love's Baby Soft per Perfume was like, that was it for me in junior high. Totally. The baby soft, did it have that pink ball top? Like it was like a half ball. Was it yep. That and one? he rolled it on. Yep. That, what? I would think that might have been roller obsessed. It sounds like you might have <laughs> a roller fetish. Do you have roller skates? I might. 
I did have roller skates and it was one of my favorite things to do. I'm with you. I can still get on that roller skate floor and skate backwards and turn around and shit. I can't get down on one foot like I used to, but no, I, I can't still do, do that some either. Of it. I used to uh, come in second in the limbo contest at the roller rink every week after this girl called uh, Starla Yarber. That's the most 80s name in the I world. Know. I love it. Where is she now? But then I got boobs pretty early and I couldn't, I just couldn't do it anymore. I had to I had to um hang up my limbo contest medals after that. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid thing. I had to I had to bury dumb. my my medals in my cleavage and move on. <laughs> <laughs> my sad, sad cleavage. Oh. <laughs> I know, boobs. Ugh, boobs. Anyway. Uh what about oh I you know what I was doing is I was looking on Wikipedia for collect collecting things. Um, and there were like, uh, those people who need to collect everything to have, like, you know, they, ha they have to complete the collection are called completist. So if you're one of those, you have a title, like wear it proudly, be excited. I am it. not one of those. I, I just feel like if you got them all, then you'd have to be done. Whoever wants to be done. I don't want to be done. Right. That would feel yeah. bad. Well, you just start a new collection. So how many collections do you have going right now? Oh, my gosh. Well, I don't really think of them as collections so much. Okay, but I'm going to. Okay. So I have ponytail stuff. I have little kittles and kittle clones, which are knockoffs of little kittles. Um, I collect um, compacts from the 1950s. I will send you a picture later. I collect Please do. Um, vintage linen, table linens, like um, like really mod print napkins and um, napkin rings and um, tablecloths, stuff like that. Obviously, I collect clothes. I collect the shit out of clothes all decades. Anytime, any day, any color, any size, let me at it. Um, I collect old sewing stuff because I sew a lot of my clothing. Um, so patterns, notions, um, sewing implements, sewing books. Uh, I love, I, know, I don't bring them home, but I love any kind of, you know, like low cookbook. You know what I'm talking about. Where I do. all the ladies are spiral bound. Yep, spiral mm -hmm. bound. The fundraising cookbooks always have the worst, most disgusting. It's like they're they're <laughs> it's like they're fucking uh they're just trolling each other with some of those recipes. <laughs> like, yeah, make this bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your family mm. will love it. Cream corned ground beef and strawberry frosting <laughs> sounds delightful. Um <laughs> Oh, those church ladies, I'm telling you. Vintage jewelry, obviously. I'm a big brooch collector. I have a whole drawer full of brooches. Um, anything like 60s kitchenware, Pyrex, uh, Scandinavian cookware, stuff like that. Um, okay, you have to tell me. I, I'm so glad you mentioned Pyrex. Sure. Because I've had this question burning a hole in my brain. For maybe like three or four weeks now. I'm in a lot of Facebook groups. 
maybe too many, but whatever. Don't judge. Nope. And in all the thrift groups that I'm in, which is also a lot, maybe too many, I'm collecting Facebook groups right yeah. now. It's one of the things I'm collecting. Um, people are obsessed with Pyrex. And personally, I think that shit is fugly. Like, no, didn't like it then, don't like it now. Nobody's going to convince me it's cool. But I want to know what is the fucking deal with Pyrex? Why is suddenly everybody super jazzed about these dishes? Tell me. I think, okay, I'm just going to. Just gonna throw a little shade here. I think people are all of a sudden into it because of, you know, a lot of sixties type set TV shows, and also that it's, oh, it's sustainable. Like, look, um, sixty years ago, our grandmothers used these refrigerator dishes, and it's just like, it's just like a dish with a lid. It's like you have that now, bitch. It's called a casserole dish. It has a lid. You can store your it's food true. in it. You don't need Tupperware. It doesn't have to be glass. I think. I think people like things that feel a little bit fancier, a little more permanent. Um, I know I do. Like, I'm that person who, whenever I'm making something in the kitchen, I'm pretending like I'm on my own cooking show and I'm putting each ingredient in its own little bowl and, you know, dumping them into the pot one at a time. It just feels a little fancier. I feel like a lot of us don't have a lot of things that make us feel grown up and maybe having a nice, complete set of Pyrex dishes gives it gives you that feeling on some level i agree though but that's because you guys don't know that that's not what rich people used back then they didn't use pyrex that's what that was like walmart shit oh, no. That, no i don't think it's it was fancy then i don't i don't think that at all and also fancy now. some of it okay. is really ugly the harvest gold shit that like from the 80s or that green one gross no but the gross pink the mm -hmm. baby pink and baby blue ones with like the sort of ames era shapes on the yeah, side that was kind of cute i like that stuff that's kind of cute that stuff's hard to find it is. i always see the green ones the gold ones and hey the ones that, that is ugly. the law of thrifting if you want ugly shit you have come to the right place Okay, that's a good point. I'll take those two as good points. One is that uh, people like the, having the whole collection and it feels sustainable to them. I mean, look, Pyrex will last a long time. Got it. It's it's kind of hard to break. Pyrex. <laughs> is there anything you can't can do? Well, you know, I'm sure. I'm sure <laughs> there is. I'm still working on the list, though. Um, let's see. Um, what's next? Oh, have you ever just like gone off a collection and just gotten rid of the whole thing and been like, ugh, why did I even do that? Yes. Um, I, I, I read a lot. I probably read about four books a week and there was a long time that I was carting around all of my books with me to every, like every time I moved, it would be like 15 boxes that weighed 200 pounds each. And it just, it got to be like this. The sort of feeling of, I know I read these books. I've got the knowledge and the the ideas from them. Why do I need to keep all of them? And I kind of realized it was just to show people how smart I was and how many books I'd read. So absolutely, I got rid of all of my books at one point. I got rid of everything except, you know, a few books that I'd had from childhood. And now I... Um, I really just have paperbacks. I really just have my trashy paperbacks collection. 
Okay, right on. And you need those for your t-shirt collection. So Yes, they're my inspiration. And I also have a wall in my home that I've uh, I've nailed old picture rail onto. And so I have a grid of paperbacks that are, it's kind of, it's all one wall. And I change them out based on theme or, you know, how I'm feeling or what I found that week, that kind of thing. Oh, I like that. It reminds me of a scene in a movie I'm going to go with, but I could be wrong, but I'm going to go with maybe like the Royal Tenenbaums or, no, that isn't quite, anyway, girl in a conservatory, there's like a nice bookshelf and then on the front of the bookshelf, there's a rack where they have just books displayed, but it's somebody's house. So it's kind of like eye catching and she starts rearranging their display and picking out the books that she wants, but she's a guest. So I remember (laughs) I remember that scene because I thought, yeah, I'd probably. Oh my god! I'd probably like. I'd probably be like, these are all wrong. Yeah, (laughs) you should have this one. And if you came over, I would let you. I would show you where I keep all the paperbacks and say, "Go make your own display." Yeah, I want to see what you pull out. That's cool because I would probably ask first, like, but this girl was like, "No, she just did it." So, I guess good for her. I'm not sure. Anyway, um, when you get rid of something like do you ever downsize like meaning okay i have too much of this stuff and i can't have any more i just need to get rid of part of it or is it just like if you get rid of it you get rid of the whole thing no i i definitely call stuff i try to do one in one out but uh, you know what that's that's insane i can't who could keep up with that math that's much too difficult for me um but i did recently start selling vintage on consignment at a local store here in houston it's called l bambi hey hi hi emily l bambi awesome Um, hi yeah they're in the heights here in town so i have been going through all my clothes getting rid of things that it's kind of like the books you know like a long time for a long time i considered myself like oh i'm just archiving this beautiful stuff because i do find still a lot of gorgeous like 1950s and 60s suits um evening gowns prom dresses things from things from the 40s and 50s that belong to some oil and gas man's wife you know and tons of like really cool polyester disco wear that you know maybe somebody died recently and this is the stuff nobody wanted at the grocery store i still sorry at the at the garage sale i do still find a lot of really good stuff and now that i take stuff to el bambi it's like i kind of have an outlet for it and i can make a little money off of it and i can be sure that it's going to go to someone who's going to love it and not end up remaindered in a bale of fabric somewhere perfect yeah that's one of the things i'm really enjoying about the podcast is getting to do the thrift boxes on my patreon and what that is is like if you pledge at a certain level like right now it's 30 dollars, and i'll send you a thrift box and it'll be at least three things that i thrifted just for you based on a questionnaire and it's really fun because I don't need very much stuff anymore. I have so much shit. So, cause I've been thrifting for over 30 years. So it's a lot, there's a lot. Uh, and so it's really fun to now when I go thrifting, I think, and so, you know, I'm going to be looking for stuff for you. And I'm going to be like, Oh, she would really like this. Would go with her collection. <laughs> That's right? a ponytail like, thing. Yes. 
Yeah, totally. That's probably going to be happening because apparently I can keep a lot of shit in my head. Like as a therapist, I always remember people's story. Like I can't remember their last name, but I can remember who their boyfriend is, who their ex-girlfriends are, who their kids are, who I can just, I can just remember all that shit. I don't know why. So yeah, so that's really fun. It's like fun to buy things and it's not necessarily for you, but it's something that you find value in. That's really fun. Yeah. And I okay, well, I also have kind yeah. of a list of people that I know that they're like, hey, I know you go a lot. If you ever see this, could you get it? Like I have a friend who has size 10 feet and whenever I see, you know, cool shoes in size 10, I get them for her. I have people who are looking for, you know, someone just pinged me the other day and was like, Whenever you find Doctor Who paperbacks, and I was like, man, I just saw some of those. I wish I had known, but I had no reason to get them. Um, yeah, I just kind of have a list, a running list, or I'll see something and be like, that that has to go to my friend. Someone I know has to have that. Well, I think what's happening there, and I'm just going to get all psychological again, is so get your tissue box, is, you know, I think what we're doing is making meaning. It's where we're like, you know, if you don't need anything, if you're not seeing something that's just really blowing your whistle, but you see this adorable, I don't know, perfect little size 10 shoe that is just great for your friend, but it doesn't fit you. Instead of having to make meaning out of loss, which is much, much harder, you get to make meaning out of gifting, which is like really not that hard. Like, you, first of all, your meaning is, well, I'm awesome. Mm. My friend is awesome. This store is awesome. I'm the luckiest person. This day is like, right. You know, the meaning just starts to be real fluid. And so I think that for people who do look for meaning really regularly, such as myself, I need everything to be meaningful in some way because I absolutely believe nothing really is like there is no meaning in the world. And that's a really stark reality. So I'm constantly looking for ways to make life meaningful. And I think that it's really fun to find things, not just for myself, but to be like, yeah, that shirt didn't button, but check out these cool shoes I got for my friend. (laughs) Yeah. I think you're on to something there because most of the time life feels like a cold howling void. And if I can just throw some love in it, and a size 10 pair of shoes in there. It's like saying, no, I reject this meaninglessness. I will. And I know how I feel when someone gives me a really thoughtful gift. Like I saw this and thought of you has to be one of the most loving things unless they hand it to you. And it's just the most God awful piece of trash. And you're just like, why would you ever think of me when you saw this? Thanks a lot. I'll throw this away for you. But yeah, yeah, like, oh, this is what you think of me. <laughs> yeah. And you know, when you well, when you wear vintage, there are a lot of people who are like, Oh, I saw this and and I thought of you, and it's just something terrible. And you kind of have to do that. Um, you know. Well, that's just a, a that's called, here we go again, an availability heuristic, meaning that that's the rubric they know for weird and so you just go into it and so it's like there's only two people in the world that I look like apparently and frankly I don't think I look like either one of them but one of them is that chick from CSI Navy show with the bangs and the whatever she's like 20 but do you know the show I know uh, exactly who you're talking about in CSI okay that girl or Penelope 
yeah, or Penelope Garcia from Criminal Minds. It, nope, not in either one of those boathouses, but apparently because they wear glasses, they have bangs, and they wear loud clothes, like, that's it, you know, that's that's who I look like. But that's just an availability heuristic. It's just the simplest grab to explain something they don't understand quite exactly. Why is our why is our aesthetic language so narrow that if a woman looks in any way outside of the norm, we have to immediately relate her to some wacky TV character? If we could get away from telling people they're quirky i would love it so fucking much because yeah built into that word quirky is you desperately need attention don't you honey oh like it's demeaning yeah it's not a compliment yeah. to tell someone they're quirky or whimsical god fucking forbid well, yeah, and I do, I mean, on the flip side of that, I do appreciate that the two characters that people do tell me I remind them of uh, are smart in the show, at least. Like, they're the smartest people on board. That's because when people don't know what I look like, they always tell me that I sound like Fran or whatever the fuck her name was from um, some 90s sitcom, Fran Drescher. The nanny? The nanny, yeah. Like, people are always like, oh, you sound just like the nanny. And I'm like, that bitch is crazy. I don't even know what you're talking about. You know, sidebar, I recently read a story about the costume department on the nanny and how all of those clothes that they bought for her to look so trashy were like high-end designer goods. Oh, yeah, those were yeah. those were couture. Yeah, for sure. And when they shut the show down, they just sent it all to a thrift store. So someone had the best thrift day of their life. When the nanny went up the Oh, my car. God. I heard that a very similar story about Jennifer Aniston taking all of Brad Pitt's clothes, all of them, his watches, his shoes, his Armani suits to the thrift store closest to her house when she found out that he was cheating on her. <laughs> I was like, can you imagine the day someone had where they just got to walk in and find bespoke suits and shoes? <gasps> yeah. Duh. They walked in. I want to be that person. They walked in and they didn't smell savings. They smelled Brad fucking Pitt. And they were like, this is different. <laughs> Something's different. Yeah, and from that day on, that person's life was changed forever. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good story. Okay, we're going to do the thrift questions because I got to go to work. Okay. All right. So the thrift questions, let's test your thrift level. Mm -hmm. How often do you shop at thrift stores? Um, I go at least once a week. All right, and girl, that's pretty good. Twice a week if I can manage it. I kind of have a I kind of have a route that I go on and then I have a couple of like special places that I'll only hit up once every couple of months. Oh yeah. So that's pretty good cuz that's like if I had all the time in the world, I have a map of what I'm doing today. That's that's pretty high level. All right, do you take a list or are you spontaneous? I think if you take a list, you're you're defeating yourself. You're it's not the grocery store. I mean, I kind of have, I might have a few things in the back of my head and I have a very definite route that I go on through the store, but I, I don't think like, I'm looking for Little Mermaid bed sheets to make a skirt out of. Like, you're never going to find it if it's in your mind. You just have to be open to what it's sent to you. So it sounds like you think a list is like a jinx or something. I definitely think it's a jinx. And I also think that taking like... I think your next question is about going alone or with friends. 
to me, it's like church and there are certain people that you can commune with and certain people who just throw the juju off and I'll give, I'll give people one chance. And if they're bad luck <laughs> or they're the same size as me, we're not they're going out. together again. Yeah. Fuck that. Yeah. Cause then you're like stalking them through the store to make sure that they don't get to a rest uh -uh. before you. And I also yeah. like, I yeah. like to go with friends who are like, okay, you go over there. I'll go here. I don't want someone following me around with the cart going, are you ready to go yet? Uh, haven't you already looked, don't you, don't you already have skirts at home? Fuck you. You don't understand this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I definitely don't want to mm -mm. stay with it. And even with my husband, I, we need to split up. And just got get yeah. by, right? And the, you know, but what I will do is I'll grab things for people along the way, and I really like that if people do that for me. So far, they don't do it very much. I don't know if they're scared or what, but I'll go back and I'll be like, "Here are ten things I thought you might like," and I'll be yes, no, yes, no, and I want them just to say if they like it or not. I don't want them to be like thanks and not like any yeah. of it. You know, like it's fine with me, and I'll just put it all back. But again, it's that whole like. I'm looking for meaning thing. Well, what about thrift gods? I mean, if, if your list is a jinx, who's jinxing you? Um, I don't think of it as a thrift God. I think of it more as kind of like a, like a kismet sort of you get out of it, what you put into it. I try to be very respectful of the other people in the thrift store, unless it's men telling me to smile. And then I just, I do that thing where you like pull your lips up over your teeth. <laughs> They get that, but, um, <laughs> uh, you know, it's Houston. So it's like the times of day that I go because I'm a freelancer, I can go in the middle of the day. It's usually me and a lot of, um, you know, Hispanic moms or like younger teenagers. Cause it's summer. Like I'll totally hand somebody something that's like, I think this looks like you. Or if somebody asks me, Hey, like, what do you, this one or this one, I'll totally give my opinion. Like, it's nice to talk to the other people there. And my other thing, I've never said this out loud before, but I'm going to tell you, it sounds crazy. If I knock something off a hanger onto the floor, I have to hang it back up and I have to hang it back up nicely. I have to, it's like, it's like camping, right? You got to leave the campground better than you found it. <laughs> I like it. Well, I do too, but only because I worked in retail. I, it's not because I have some philosophy about it. I just feel like, ugh, yeah. these poor people. It's Unless they pissed me off and then I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> but I see what you mean. You're like, it's like you're making a, you're, you're like, um, yeah. respect, right? You like respecting the environment. Got you. So last question, what's your most notable thrift experience? Well, um, I got two and I'll be real quick with them. So when I first moved to Houston, I really didn't know that much about, you know, designer names. I was still, I was like 20, 23 and I came across this be beautiful, like 1960s courage skirt. And I remember pulling it out of the rack and thinking, eh, $6 and putting it back. And to this day, I can still see myself putting it back and yeah. just want to scream back in time. No, take that home. So if you're having a stress dream, like that's the one that you Something have over like and that. over. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then I've collected these crazy, um, do you know the, the 
the tiny squirrels on top of the big walnut jars. Tiny squirrel, big I walnut. Think they're ceramic, I think so. and I think that they were probably um, in the '60s. You know those like ceramics that people would would go and paint and have them fired. I think, yeah. Oh yeah, like the mushroom ones. There's a whole yes, set of mushroom ones. I think ones. that they were something like that okay. because I have like seven of them in different colors, and sometimes people will like paint the eyes or paint them a wacky color so um i've collected those since i very first started thrifting and that's something that i have like take i've moved with them i've never broken one um one day i found two of them back to back within 15 minutes so i had like a squirrel jar in each armpit and i felt so <laughs> powerful that day that that, that was, was your definitely best day up ever. there it's yeah that's pretty good that's pretty good Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on. I want to get you to plug all your stuff and I want people to go look at your cool collections because they're rad. And uh, where well, can I, do that? I will post some pictures of all of my collections and I will tag them for thrift therapy on my personal Instagram, which is bathing machine, capital B A T H I N G capital M machine bathing machine and then i also have an instagram for my etsy store which is checked out style all one word and the instagram is at checked out style uh, the shirts that i make are sublimation printed front and back and each one is themed for a different kind of uh, a book that you would find in a thrift store like true crime books um, I have a lot of 80s and 90s young adult themed books. I have one that is um, V.C. Andrews. So I'm making a new one like once a month. And you can find those in my Etsy store, which is, as I said, checked out style. I'm pretty sure that's what's going to show up for me constantly when I'm thrifting is, oh, I've got to send her a picture. Please do. I will post them on my Instagram. <laughs> awesome thanks so much for coming on i appreciate you and yeah I'll thanks for having me online. and thanks for digging through the issues with me oh yeah that's free i'll give <laughs> thanks you that a lot. Free. <laughs> bye take care well that wraps another episode of thrift therapy i'm so glad that all you guys are out there listening and spreading the word and thrifting it up I will not be on air next week. I'm going to take the week off to relax a bit. And I'll be back the next week. And I look forward to that experience. All right, everybody. Don't forget to join me at the apocalypse. The No, let's not have an apocalypse. Join me at the Podocalypse. It is the 25th. It is 7 o'clock at Rio Rita in Austin, Texas. And you can find the event on my Facebook page in the Group Therapy Podcast. I'm going to put a flyer up on my website this week. And you can check it out there, which is thrifttherapypod.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. And spread the word about the podcast. Help us grow here at Thrift Therapy. And also... If you want a Patreon bag, I think there are a few left. You can now purchase them on my website, and it'll walk you through each step. All right. Stay thrifty, everybody. Bye-bye.